We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. Wait, he throws back shoulder. Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle. He pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams' sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Apollo with the man, the myth, the legend, Norm Hightower. And they call him Lil Stevie, Steve Ribeiro, one of our staff writers, <laughs> our fantasy guy. Tonight, we have a special treat for our listeners, our readers. We're going to do a little bit of our own kind of mockery with NFL honors and so on and so forth and do our own Rams talk awards. We have six different awards we want to go through. We want to argue and debate them. And then, of course, we'll talk about uh, who the results were. The votes were done among our staff. And before we go there, before we go there, I want to encourage you to head over to iTunes. Give us a number five, a five-star review. We could use a little bit of attention there. If you think we do a great job, guys, go on. Please do it. It helps us out. It helps us, you know, move up the rankings. It also puts you in contention to get a nice, wonderful $50 gift certificate to NFLshop.com. If you don't listen to iTunes, you can also find us on Stitcher. You can subscribe there. SoundCloud, Google Play, Android, iHeartRadio. So we're all over the place. Give us a look. We, we appreciate your patronage. All right, guys, you ready? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. All right. So the first category that we um, put out to the staff was the 2017 most missed player. The player that left the team in the last couple of years that we missed the most this year, the nominees that we received were TJ McDonald, Benny Cunningham, Chris Long, and Case Keenum. Guys, what's the case for each? Let's go with TJ McDonald. Was there a case for him at all? We definitely were missing that depth. 
and he probably would have been, I guess, second best safety on the team this year behind Joyner. I didn't necessarily miss him a whole lot, but we definitely missed having a competent guy back there that until John Johnson really stepped in was the loss was felt. Yeah, the loss was felt early in the year, but later in the year, I don't think it was so significant. So I don't see him as being one of the top choices in the category. You know, for TJ, I liked him a lot. I thought he was actually one that one of the better picks that were made uh, was made during the Fisher era, but he couldn't stay healthy. He made a, the occasional dumb play that just just got this team in trouble. I think he'll do great elsewhere. I just didn't miss him as much this year, but he was nominated, so there you go. Benny Cunningham. Benny Cunningham, the well, he was an all-around guy for us. The uh, the gap, the stop gap in the running game, the occasional out of, out of the backfield, the occasional kick returner. Did you miss Benny? He would have been the most useful this year out of these four guys. He didn't get my vote just uh, kind of for sentimental reasons and some of the other candidates, but not having Benny, we really didn't have a backup running back. And I guess on the flip side, it kind of opened up the door for Farrell Cooper on special teams a little bit, not having Benny around. So I would have liked him here, but I, you know, I'm glad he moved on and I don't know. He would have been nice to have, but it also opened up some things to some other guys. I think the moment you missed him the most is when Malcolm Brown went down with an injury. You know, yeah. if you'd have had him during that time, I don't think you'd have seen any setbacks or any losses at all. Um, but you're right. Farrell Cooper was able to step up in the kick return game. And I honestly think he's better suited than Benny for kick returns. Although, Absolutely. although he did a great job, I, I just don't think he was the best guy for the job. So he was missed. But like Steve said, there were some other candidates. So he didn't get my vote for sentimental reasons. And for, for other reasons, uh, I didn't choose him. Benny got my vote. I honestly believe, I know we love Todd Gurley. He had a great year. I also thought Todd Gurley got the ball a little too much in terms of we got to watch this man's health. We want him to have a long career with the Rams, and you want to have that that backup who can come in there and make plays on third down, on, on just after a big long run. You want that guy. You want that guy. And, you know, I thought the team missed him. When Malcolm Brown went down, there was a big gap there. But even with Malcolm Brown there, the Rams really overused Todd Gurley at times this season. It would have been nice to have a guy like Benny there. Totally agree. And I think with the next guy who got my vote, Chris Long, we actually could have used depth on the D-line more than I would have expected before the year. But Benny, I think, would have been a little more useful. But I love Chris Long, man. He's one of my favorite Rams ever. Loved him when he was here. Still liked him when he left. It was a lot easier to root for him in the Super Bowl this year on Philly than last year in New England. But... I was still happy for him both times. Great guy on and off the field. Really funny on Twitter to follow. It, I miss Chris Long, man. I wish I wish he would come back to us, but I don't see it happening out the teams out of St. Louis. Yeah, I really miss Chris Long, too, when he was sacking uh, our quarterback and forcing a fumble. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got... I got to admit that I voted for him, too. For sentimental reasons, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm a huge Chris Long fan. You know, it was hard when we were talking about him leaving, saying that, you know, he's getting to be later in his years and getting to the end of his game. But yet, you know, for two years in a row, he's performed pretty well in a much more limited role. And uh, we could have used him this year, definitely in the depth department. Could have been used, but there are other areas which I think were more of a need, like nose tackle, for example. For Chris Long, you know, he was he's better as a 4-3 guy. So to be in a 3-4, I can't, I can't really miss him very much. I wish I wish the Rams would have won with him here. I honestly believe the Rams wasted the best years of his career. He's good now. He was great then. He was very, very good as a pass rusher for this team. And it, it makes me kind of – I still I fume about it. I, I'm not over it yet. I'm, I'm scarred for life, I guess, with what, how the Rams did with these draft picks in the late 2000s, early 2010-11. So for me, I didn't vote for long. I do understand why people did. It's just that moving from that 4-3 to a 3-4, he loses value compared to being elsewhere. And that takes us to our last nominee, Case Keenum. And this one, guys, is interesting because a little over a year ago, maybe maybe a year and three, four months ago when Case Keenum was benched, we were thrilled. We were ecstatic. Oh, my gosh, they're benching Case Keenum. Finally, we've been saying it for 
for weeks and weeks and weeks. Now he's gone. He takes his team to the NFC Championship game. How are you feeling about Case Keenum? Never about Case Keenum. It was more about that we knew what Case Keenum was. We knew how what his ceiling was in Fisher's offense, and we had a first-round number one overall pick sitting on the bench that needed to play. I don't think any of us really resented Case Keenum. I liked him when he was here. I, you know, I wish in in a different situation maybe he stays as a starter, but not with the floundering team and not with Jared Goff sitting behind him. I was so happy for Case this year. It was such a crazy ride. I know you guys have talked about some podcasts. Really, kind of sticks it in Jeff Fisher's nose that he could have done better with any of these quarterbacks. And I think the difference between him and Foles, who didn't get nominated, was Foles was ultimately a disappointment here. We had pretty high expectations. We didn't really have any expectations for Case Cam when he walked in. And his overall body of work with the Rams, I think, outperformed any expectations that we had, even though by the end of it, we really didn't want him to be our quarterback. And then this year, how could you not root for the guy? He's a great story. He was you really got to feel for him on hard knocks. You knew his days were numbered here. I, I love this guy. I'm really happy for him this year. But we also had absolutely no need for him on the team, so that's why I didn't vote for him. Yeah, I agree. I, I didn't vote for him for that reason as well. You put him in a great situation with a with a team that suits his style better and a team that's got you know one of the best defenses in the league, and that's where Case Keenum gets a lot more value. He he performed way above his his normal level. This year, I don't know if it was the offense that he was in or just the fact that he had a chip on his shoulder and had a lot to prove. But the the way it worked out for him, I was happy to see. Uh, like you said, I like the guy a lot. Uh, you know, great guy. Just didn't work with the system that we had. I don't really think it mattered who we had at quarterback under Jeff Fisher. It, we were going to complain no matter what. And, it, and it's not necessarily the quarterback's fault. Keenum isn't, you know, a superstar by any means, but this last year for Minnesota, he was exactly what they needed when Bradford went down and and the situation they were in. And, you know, I'm happy for him, but we didn't miss him because Goff performed very well this year. That's why you can't vote for him, really. I mean, if Goff struggles all year and Keenum does well, then there's an argument for missing Keenum. In the end, Goff turned turned his career around this year. He he exceeded all expectations. Twenty eight touchdown passes, seven interceptions, going to the Pro Bowl. So I can't complain about Case Keenum. His ball, you know, his his pass, his ball is never been you know a strong one. With the weaknesses the Rams offense had at wide receiver all these years, they needed a guy who can gun it in there, who can get keep the get the ball right where it need to be. And unfortunately, that's not who Case Keenum is. He's a guy with all the X factors, but he didn't have the main factors that this Ram offense needed. So that's why we wanted him gone. It wasn't anything personal. It's just, just like you guys are saying. It's, it's not personal. I'm happy for him. I've always believed that Case Keenum can be a starter in this league. It just wasn't a fit for the Rams. So we're all in the same same boat here. But, man, I wish him the best. I, I hope that he can stay in Minnesota. He seems to fit there. I also hope that he doesn't take a step back in his career after what was a great great 2017 with minnesota hey he's getting paid either way so happy for him somebody's gonna throw some money at him yeah he's bling yeah and he and he deserves it too he did everything that he could possibly do to to make that team win and like i said he he overperformed at the level that we thought he would play at so he's definitely earned a paycheck now the next category well who won Oh, geez. Oh, my gosh. I'm just totally <laughs> failing at this whole award show. The winner is Benny Cunningham. The award winner is Benny Cunningham. What he, uh, The overall view is that he was missed in the backfield. Dispel our boy Todd Gurley. He wins the year's most missed player for 2017. That's Benny Cunningham. You're not doing uh, what's the guy that screwed up the – <laughs> uh, Steve Harvey? No, no. Yeah, no, you're not gosh, doing no. a Steve Harvey, are you? No, no. I, I actually went and scrolled back. I was already in the next question. Scrolled back thinking, oh, gosh, if I pull a Steve Harvey here, no one's ever going to tune in again. <laughs> well, so, you know, two out of three of us voted for Chris Long, so I guess the other guys are idiots, too. I, oh, I just, good gosh. Benny deserved it. Benny deserved, <laughs> Benny deserved it. it. He, he did. I'm just kidding. I had to give Derek a hard time. Okay. <laughs> well, our next category is the best play for the Rams in 2017. The nominees Gurley's 80 yard touchdown versus Tennessee Farrell Cooper's 103 yard kickoff return versus Jacksonville Todd Gurley's 53 yard touchdown pass against Dallas 
Jared Goff's TD pass to Sammy Watkins against the 49ers. The early touchdown against the Washington Redskins. That was a nice one. And the wood screenplay against the New York Giants. I guess we'll start with, well, I guess we'll start with the girly 80-yard touchdown. Anybody here vote for that? Nope. I did not. I I voted for this. I voted for the the, girly. I did. Thought it was an amazing play. So <laughs> the, the the girly play, you know, the, you're going for the division title. It's a close game. It was closer than we all thought it was going to be. And just seeing him go because girly, for as great a back as he is, he's not known for that burst. He's not known for that. But that's what he gave us on that 80 yard touchdown. He was gone right around the 30 yard line. He was gone. And so for me. That 80-yard touchdown against Tennessee, that was my favorite play of the year, their best play for me. Um, there's other ones on this list that are great arguments, though. Well, when you got a third and 33, and not only do you get the first down, but you get the touchdown, to me, that's like the ultimate play. And so that's the one I voted for. You know, Robert Woods and and the way that whole play worked out, you know, being a Rams fan for such a long time, being used to seeing third and extremely longs, it was really cool to see the Rams convert not only a long third down, but a third and 33. And then not only get the first down, but get the touchdown. So that's the play I voted for. I I thought that was a, a huge momentum boost for not only that game, but for the rest of the season, just giving the guys confidence that, doesn't matter where they're sitting. There's always a chance that they could, you know, they can go in there and 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 get the first down. And I think that was huge for the team, and that's why I voted for it. I also voted for that play, partly because I was there, and like you said, the Giants were one and six. I was like, this is the game we always lose. And then that happened on third and thirty-three. I was like, we're never losing again. <laughs> and I don't like the Giants, so that was this was phenomenal. It was great being there, seeing that in person. And, yeah, that was the play where you were like, all right, maybe fortunes have turned on the Rams. Maybe. Well, they did. They, they definitely did. did. They did. Compared I mean, to recent times. Uh, well, you know, the Giants for so long had really had our number. It used to be long ago the Rams had the Giants number. Then all of a sudden, right when the Kurt Warner era started, the Giants just started getting us and getting us and getting us. And I remember that game in London just a couple of years ago and thinking, oh, gosh, are we seriously going to do this again in London? So the comeback this year, it it gave me a warm fuzzy. I'm not going to lie. That was my number two. If I didn't vote for tennis, the Girly Tennessee touchdown, that would have been it. Uh, it made me more confident the rest of the year. When I see them third and 18 or, you know, third and 21 or whatever, I'm like, yeah, they can convert this. I've never felt that way before. So I, I think that's why, I you know, that play stuck out so much to me is it was so significant, not just in that game, but for the whole year. It, it really made a difference for me. The other touchdowns on that list, girly touchdown versus Redskins. That's a nice touchdown, but they lost the game, so I kind of couldn't vote for that one. The Goff touchdown pass to Watkins versus the 49ers. Great play. Great play, but does it compare to that Woods play against the Giants or the even the Tennessee touchdown for Gurley? It's up there. I really yeah. like that Watkins play. That was a really fun game. It, well, yeah, we, we podcasted that one, man. That was – you yeah. and I were like – you're not a kids in a candy store for that podcast. <laughs> and uh, then there's that 53-yard touchdown pass against Dallas for Gurley as well. Gurley's all over this list. They yeah. come back to win that game. So that's definitely a worthy nominee. A lot of great plays this year. That would have been my second choice was the Dallas game with Gurley. Well, where do you guys – we haven't talked about Farrell Cooper's 103-yard kickoff return. Where does that fit for your list? It's up there. That was another big win too because Jacksonville sure. was – a really good team this year, really good defense, and we needed that play to win the game. All right, you guys ready to see who uh, won this thing? Let's yep. hear it. All right. The 2017 award winner for the Rams' best play is the Wood Screen play against the New York Giants. 66.7% of the vote goes again to the Wood Screen play versus the Giants. You guys we got one, it? Norm. Yeah. You got it. All right. Next up on the list here, the 2017 the L.A. Rams' best game, their best game. Your nominees, the Week 16 victory, 27-23 uh, over the Tennessee Titans. Week 2, sorry, Week 12, 26-20 win over the New Orleans Saints. Week 15, 42-7 victory over the Seattle Seahawks. 
the Week 14 43-35 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles, the Week 4 35-30 victory over Dallas, or the Week 3 41-39 victory over the 49ers? Uh, I'm going to start with you, Steve. I'm going to start with that I vote for second, and that was the Dallas game because that was a really big victory that, like, after coming off the 49ers game, which was also a great game and really fun, it was like, we just did that against the 49ers. Like, are we sure we're good? And then the Dallas game was like, yeah, we're sure we're good. Like, we're for real. But <laughs> I voted for the 42-7 to victory over Seattle because nothing made me happier than watching that game out of any moment from the Rams this year. I mean, to blow out Seattle in Seattle and just wreck their playoff hopes and finally, for the first time in more than a decade, win the division, that was a phenomenal game. And even though it was probably the worst game on this list, that's what I voted for my favorite game. Steve, you and I are right on par, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I voted for that game too. Not only was it nice to see him blow out Seattle in Seattle, the fact that I lived in Oregon for so long and I attended many Seahawks games to watch the Rams play up there and most of the time walked away just shaking my head. This is one of those times where I was like, yeah, we got payback for the earlier game of the year. But not only that, we made a statement. And there were two statements made. Number one, we're, we're legit. And if you doubted it, then that should prove you wrong. And number two, we did it in Seattle. And whenever you can go win in Seattle, it's great. But to win that big, that was a statement. And so that's why I went with that game. But there were several games that, you know, I could have voted for too and been just as happy. But that was my choice as well. You mentioned this, them showing they're legit. I really felt like the Rams proved they're legit a couple times during the year. The week four against Dallas, the even the fourth week thirty five loss to Philadelphia, they proved even hindsight being twenty twenty, now look at the Super Bowl game, how good they were. The week twelve, twenty six twenty win for over the Saints. Again, the Saints came in, you and I were on the podcast with uh Katie Drummond Norman and he was thinking, you know, this is a Saints win, you and I are like, eh. So that was a, a game in a lot of ways the Rams dominated. The, the score is much closer than the actual game that was played. But in the end, I'm just like you. 42-7 in Seattle. I usually would think when you think best game, you think most competitive game. No, not this time. Week 15, you go to Seattle, you beat up on a team that has spent years crushing your dreams. That was always the for whatever reason, the NFL gods hated the Rams. Let's go ahead and put the Rams in a late-season run to Seattle every stinking year and then watch them lose all their hopes, just suck them dry. And then they go up there this year 42-7, just destroying the Seattle. It wasn't even – in a lot of ways, I could argue the Rams took their feet off the gas midway through a third quarter. They could have been worse. They could have been a lot worse. Sure. And when you're so bad for so long – there comes points in times where you just got to be super petty. And I think we're not that petty, but us all voting for this is so petty. And I love it. I love it. <laughs> I don't know that it's petty. I think it's not that petty, but it's kind of petty in a good way. You're, you're getting your butt hand to you so often by Seattle. Over the years. And it's not just getting your butt hand to you, but their players, Michael Bennett, one of the biggest mouths in the team over the course of years, talking trash about our Rams talking trash about the team, talking trash about the players, talking about how this Rams still never be worth anything, and go up there in Seattle and smash them. Just to, And it wasn't just smashing them. They demoralized them. Oh, yeah. It, oh, my. The, the sidelines that game were just – the Seattle sideline was shell-shocked. Well, there were issues with them after that game on the sideline for sure. You know, and I think the reason that the game's much more significant was the fact that they stole one from us in L.A. earlier in the year. You know, we, we had that game won. We should have won that game. They stole it from us. We didn't, you know, we were young and, you know, younger in the season at that point and still didn't know quite where we were going to be. And, you know, to lose that game hurt and then to go to Seattle and just get that kind of redemption with that kind of score, it just, you know, it was so sweet. So it was an easy vote. Well, according to our staff, it was not such an easy vote. 50% of the staff voted for this game as the winner. Week 15, 4-2-7 over the Seahawks. It is the winner. However, only 50% of other, other games getting a vote. The loss to Philadelphia got a vote. The win over Dallas got a vote. 
and the win over the 49ers also got a vote. The Eagles game was a really good game. And even though we lost, like you said, that kind of legitimized us too because it was um, coming off that Vikings game, which was really disappointing. And then to be in it through the thick of things in this Eagles game, there were some crazy moments. Carson Wentz tears his ACL, throws a touchdown anyways. Nick Foles, of all people, at the time of all people, now he's a Super Bowl MVP, comes in and <laughs> caps off a game-winning uh, little completion there. You know, we lost, so it's tough to give that the win, but I'm glad I got nominated. Before we move on, let's go ahead and talk about our sponsors over the Golden Ram Barbershop. Sal Martinez opened that shop up the day the Rams left for St. Louis, kept it open, kept the lights on. Norman and I went out there a little over a month ago, got some wonderful haircuts, talked some Rams football, visited this amazing museum to the Rams. And it's not just L.A. Rams football he has memorabilia for. He has stuff for the Cleveland Rams, the St. Louis Rams. It's about the Rams franchise for Sal. Give him a call at 714-894-7267, which is Rams, by the way, 714-894-7267. He's open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., Saturday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., closed on Sundays. Give him a call again for appointment only at 13755 Golden West Street, Westminster, California, 92683. All right, guys, next one's up. You guys ready? You bet. All right. Our most improved player of the year. Here we go. We have several nominees. Several. And I think they're all, they're fair nominees. LaMarcus Joyner, safety. Todd Gurley, running back. Farrow Cooper, our kick returner, punt returner. Greg Zerline. Somebody nominated the entire offensive line. (laughs) And Jared Goff. Well, we can we could sit here for about 30 minutes and talk about every one of these guys because every one of them to me deserves consideration. All these all these nominees are pretty good. So where do we begin, Steve? Well, the only guy that I find on this list a little questionable is Gurley. Although I get it, you know, he improved a lot over last year, but this is more or less the player that we hope to have after his rookie year. And it took him a year to get there, but you know I'm fine with getting nominated. I obviously didn't vote for him. I think where it all started for this team this year, and the guy who we said will take this team as far as it can go was Jared Goff. And you've been harping on it, and I agree. Last year was a wash. We didn't really know what we had, but if you go back and watch him play, he looks like a completely different player. And I think while some of the guys on this list are technically more improved, I think Cooper improved a lot and really surprised a lot of people. Uh, Joiner switching in a new position. I really like what we got from him. Even Zerline, uh, he was shaky in his career, I think, and he got real accurate this year, and I loved it. But Goff got my vote. Just the poise he had, it was impressive for any second-year player, especially someone coming off the mess that was the situation he was thrown into last season. Uh, McVeigh was a guru with this guy, and I think this team went far because. Jared Goff really became one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Not the best, got a lot of room for improvement, but I think from last year to this year was night and day. Steve, are you like three feet tall and bald and have your little pinky finger up to your mouth? Because you're like mini-me right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you and I have voted exactly the same and we feel exactly the same about everything. Uh, as far as all the nominees, they're all deserving. I just don't think you you could go anywhere but Jared Goff just for the fact that we were only going to go so far as he's going to take us. And, you know, looking at the numbers and the offense that he ran last year and looking at it this year, hands down, there's no way that anybody else could win this award over him as far as I'm concerned. So I voted for Jared Goff, Jared Goff too, by far. I think he was the most improved player and uh, well-deserving of it too. All right. Well, for me, I'm going to wait a minute just to tell you guys who I voted for, but I do want to make a couple of points on LaMarcus Joyner moving to that new position and then becoming one of the best in the league, earning a contract. He should make some serious bank this offseason. The Rams better not let him go. Deserves a lot of credit. The offensive line, somebody, I forget who nominated the offensive line. I was at Johnny. I'm not sure. Night and day, just like you're talking about for Jared Goff, the offensive line was night and day for from this year 
to last year, last year, this year. So different, so much improved. It deserves credit. Well, but my argument to that would be it's not the same five players. I yeah, agree. they brought in an all-pro. Um, but still, it's still an improved offensive line. Sure. But I didn't vote for that either. I, too, voted for Jared Goff. I'm thrilled to see his improvement. I would like to see more. I, I know we'll see more. I have a lot of faith in what Sean McVay is going to do with him. It's Watching him step, step back and throw last year, you wouldn't have heard it from him talking-wise because he's always cool when someone talks to him. But you could tell in the field he doubted himself. You could tell he wasn't sure what was wanted from him. And then this year he comes out a different man. A different man, a different command, a different everything. And to me, that's what it means to grow as a quarterback. And that's what we saw from him. And without him throwing 28-7, and seven, without him commanding that offense, it doesn't matter how girl he does. This team doesn't go to the playoffs. He took this team there. He became a leader in the process. He's a California kid. Maybe he's from Northern California with a little different culture, but he adapted well and became that Southern California kid. And I can't wait to see what he does with the rest of his career. I want to second the Joiner thing. I would have put him number two. Yep, me too. Yeah, and so would I. So we're, we're on the same boat there. The vote, 16.7% of our staff voted for the offensive line. <laughs> and 83.3% voted for Jared Goff. So we're all on the Jared Goff train for this one. The O-line's really improved, but... I mean, they brought in an all-pro at tackle. Like, to the extent they improved, I think it deserves a little recognition. But, you know, you bring in an all-pro, you should be a lot better. You should be. And you bring in a center that already knows the offense, or at least knows most of the offense and knows how the play calls are done. So, you know, those two things, if you're not better, something's wrong. All right. So that takes us. We have a couple more to give away, folks. We have three more to give away. We probably need to pick up the pace a little bit because we just keep talking. The 2017 L.A. Rams' biggest disappointment. Who was the biggest disappointment? We have a large amount of nominees. Mark Barron was nominated, not as a person or a player, but just because of his fit in the scheme. Same for Alec Ogletree. He's a scheme disappointment. Gerald Everett, the tight end. Sammy Watkins. Lance Dunbar. Maurice Alexander. And Tavon Austin. This could get bad. This could get ugly. This could be a, a venting moment for all of us. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start with Norm this time. I'm gonna ch- Norm a chance to speak first because I think you guys are over there colluding. So, uh, Norm, where are you going? Well, it's pretty simple for me. You look at how much he's being paid and for what he did, and for what our expectations were of him. And it's to me, I I don't see how you could go any other way. Tavon Austin. He's been a big disappointment not only this year but you know, last year too. And to get the kind of money he was paid and to live off that contract, then to have the injuries and, you know, look at the end of the year, how many, how many snaps did he get in the playoff game? You know, you take all those things into, into play, even on the second team, you know, when we were down there watching the 49ers game, he couldn't catch a pass. So there, there's just lots of reasons and I could go on and on and on. But for me, hands down, it was Tavon Austin. Hey, you guys will be happy to know that wasn't my vote. Hey. <laughs> well, I get it because he's an utter disappointment. We were just, we still kind of talk ourselves into Tavon Austin. I do it a lot, but nobody really expected him to start living up to that contract this year. We hoped he'd live up to it a little bit, and he didn't at all. But I think Maurice Alexander is my biggest disappointment. This guy was a very good safety last year, starter on the team, just being cut unceremoniously in the middle of the year. I mean, that. how do you not give it to him, in my opinion? He was a very good starter, as I said last year. He got a lot of respect around the league. He was pretty high-rated on pro football focus, and then just gone, just cut in the middle of the night. John Johnson takes the spot. And I also just want to say, I think it's ridiculous that Gerald Everett got nominated. The guy was a a project player, played at a small school, hadn't been playing football for that long. And he he had a lot of good moments this year. You know, was he a... Top tight end? Absolutely not. But this guy, I still believe in Gerald Everett, and I, I don't think it's fair to nominate him with guys like Austin and Alexander and Watkins and Dunbar. I'm sorry, Steve. I voted for Tavon, too. I had to. I, just, I get you, it. I get it. I, you, you know, in 2012, they go and get him, and they 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 send those picks away to get him. And 
when you send picks away to get him, and then you see what he can, he showed flashes. He showed us several flashes over a course of time to tell us he's capable. And somewhere, somehow, it got in his head. I don't think it has anything to do with the ability with Tavon Austin. I think it's all in his head. I honestly believe that. And I, that's why I think he has to let him go. Let, let him go. He's not going to do anything in Rams uniform. You may save this man's career by letting him go. Not that we care about saving his career. If you're, if you're the Rams, you, you know you, you have to do what's best for you. But it'll be an amicable parting if they do actually part, and I think they will. So the actual number vote, 83% of the staff vote for Tavon Austin. 16.7% voted for Maurice Alexander. Nobody else got a vote. Wow. And guess that means that Maurice Alexander and Steve Ribeiro are off on an island all by themselves. I feel like you guys are giving Tavon a Lifetime Achievement Award here because how high are <laughs> your expectations of Tavon going into the year? I mean, I get it. He's an utter disappointment, but what did, what did we really expect from him this year? Did we expect him to like come in and just be the player we had hoped? I expected him, them to find uses for him in gadget plays, maybe make him a legit slot guy, but my expectations for Alexander were higher. I did not expect him to just be cut in the middle of the year because he wasn't good. See, I was never hot, that high on Alexander, so I, I, was, I really wasn't surprised that he got cut, and I wasn't surprised to see Johnson come in and replace him and, and play you know, as well or better. So for me, even though he was a disappointment, Tavon, you just kept having hope. Because you know he's got the ability, and you know he's got the skills, and you know new head coach coming in that runs the kind of offense that should fit Tavon Austin. I was really expecting Tavon to have a good year, not a great year, but certainly a, you know a much better year than he's been having. And he he was just to me a complete disappointment. I mean, we paid what fourteen something million for a decoy. I mean, <laughs> that's decoy. all. That's if all he that. was. That's all he was. And even that wasn't working that much anymore because when they'd hand the ball off to him, he'd speed around the end, he'd get open, and then when somebody came to hit him, he'd jump for the sidelines and wouldn't even try to make a play in the field. And I think that's part of what Derek's talking about. You know, I think it's in his head a little bit. He's afraid to get hurt. You know, he's he's worried about not being able to play. And he just wasn't as dynamic as, as he could be. And I, I had high hopes for him to be much better for this team this year, and he just wasn't. And I feel bad about it, too, because you know when we went out to the L.A. 49ers game, we had a ton of fans come up to us and say, man, don't pick on Tavon. Don't pick on Tavon. Listen, ah, we like Tavon. I like Tavon. I know he can do it. I know he can make a difference in, in the NFL. It just isn't working for him. It, 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 not in the Rams uniform. It, it's in his head. You can go back early in the year when he was on the kickoff return team, punt return team. The guy who was taking back, oh, he was taking back so many kicks for scores. He couldn't even field it anymore. He's muffing everything. He can't catch a ball. Got into a big argument a couple of years ago about Tavon's hands. And back then, the numbers didn't match. The guy's argument, the guy argued back then that Tavon couldn't catch a ball. and going, well, the numbers don't say that. 87 targets, 84 catches that year he got, or his career. And so now, looking forward, he's he's gone back on his game. And again, I think it's in his mind. That's why I gotta say biggest disappointment. It's not because I don't like Tavon. I wish. he would, If he was playing this potential, he is a weapon in this offense. But that's not what he's doing. I don't really disagree with you guys at all on Tavon. I just... I think it's, like I said, it's more of a lifetime achievement award for Tavon, but I get it. I totally get it. All right. So we are almost done here. We got just two more to go, two more to go, three more to go. So, oh my gosh, we got, we got to pick up the pace, guys. Okay. We got time. We'll get it we done. Got, here we go. The biggest surprise, the biggest surprise in 2017, the nominees, John Johnson, Jared Goff, Greg Zerline, Farrell Cooper, Robert Woods, Nikel Roby Coleman, and somebody nominated Michael Brockers at defensive end. These are all pretty good nominations, except uh, I don't know about Brockers because he was kind of we didn't, we knew he was good. I think Farrell Cooper probably was genuinely the most surprising because he'd been pretty mute in his NFL career so far and just about every aspect of his game, and then. 
came out and made the Pro Bowl and was an All-Pro this year on special teams. I voted for Robert Woods, though, just because I've always liked Robert Woods. I thought he would be perfect in his role as the two receiver next to Sammy Watkins, but did not expect him to emerge as our best receiver. And he he looked right at home in the Coliseum, back on his old stomping grounds. He was the best receiver on the team for sure. I think Watkins and Cup were great, but I, Woods stole the show. Really was surprising to me how much he stole the show. And he made a lot of the most memorable plays of the year. If he didn't get hurt, he probably goes for 1,000 yards. I was thrilled with Robert Woods, and he definitely earned his money, unlike the, some of the other receivers we got out there. Well, Steve, I'm glad to see you're coming back around to the right you know, choices here. <laughs> <laughs> I, too, went with Robert Woods. I expected Woods to have a good season. I didn't expect him to really be our – even though he was con- you know, considered our number two receiver, he was really our number one receiver, You know, the way he played – the way he stepped up big in games. There were several plays, not just the third and 33, that he just showed how good of a player he really was. And, you know, a lot of us doubted the contract that he got. And and maybe he still is a little overpaid. It's hard to say until we see him play another year or two. But he definitely stepped up and showed that uh, that he's for real. And... That was a huge surprise to me. I expected good things, but he was great this year, and and that's why I had to give him my vote. Oh, gosh. Here we go again. We're parting ways. We're no longer friends. I think you guys are nuts. I think Robert Woods is the easy pick. John Johnson, to me, was the pick. John Johnson stepping in as a draft pick, middle rounds. Nobody really knew what he was going to do, how he was going to play when he was starting the lineup, and then he becomes very good very quickly, makes big plays throughout the rest of the season. I just can't I know I know Robert Woods is fighting the offense. I do. I also know that offense has more weapons than just Robert Woods. I get though, I don't I don't necessarily disagree with you. I just think that John Johnson, the way he came on came off the bench into the lineup and played the way he did down the stretch, proving a major part of that secondary, I can't not go for him just the impact from middle round draft pick to now. Well, yeah, I, I think it's a fair pick. I, I do too. And he was my second choice. And the difference for me was, is I actually liked John Johnson when we picked him. I thought he was going to eventually be our starter sometime during the year. And, you know, he kind of lived up to my expectations. So for me, that's why I had to go with Woods because Woods far exceeded what I expected. And so that's why I went that way. But John Johnson would have been my second choice, so we're not that far off. All right, so our winners here, 16.7% of the vote gets uh, Nicole Roby Coleman, 33.3%. John Johnson, 50% of the vote goes to Robert Woods. He is our biggest surprise of the year. Two left, guys, two left. What was this so surprising th- about Roby Coleman? Because I see Farrell Cooper on that list, Jared Goff's on that list. I, I would have thought that Jared Goff or – or uh, Farrow Cooper would have been more of a surprise this year than Nikhil Roby Coleman's performance was. Good performance nonetheless, don't get me wrong, but I would have thought that Jared Goff and and Cooper would have at least gotten something. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, so we're down to our last two, our Rookie of the Year. We only had three nominees. Samson Ekimam, Ebukam, sorry, John Johnson, and Cooper Cup. Guys, you ready? Oh, I think everybody knows how I voted. Oh, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I probably don't even have to say anything on this one, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, I expected Cooper Cup to come in and make an impact. He did, and he improved as the year got, you know, longer. He stayed healthy. I think he was an integral part of the offense. And you know, as much as John Johnson came in and, and played very well, uh, Cooper Cup played the whole season came in and started right away as a rookie and lived up to the expectations that everybody had for him that knew something about him. And I I just don't see how you could go any other way. Yep. I agree with you here, Norm. I voted for Cooper Cup too, as as is tradition. But I get why someone would vote John Johnson because like Derek harped on in the last segment, he was great this year. But ultimately, Cup really was a big player on this offense. Uh, We wouldn't have been the offense we were without him. He made... Some mistakes, but he bounced back from every one of them. And for a rookie, that's all you can really ask for when they're playing at his level. All right. Well, here we go again. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, you know, 
I know that Norm has his massive man crush on Cooper Cup. I don't know if it's just the name Cooper Cup that he loves so much, but for me, it comes down a little bit more to performance on the field than just man crush. And he didn't seal it for me until the Titans game. Catching that, that touchdown pass, that's when, he sealed, that's when he sealed it for me. John Johnson is right there for me. I, I cannot understate the value that John Johnson brought to that defense in secondary. I, I just harped on it. But in the end, Cooper Cup wins that division. He clinches the division that day against the Titans. So yeah, that's my vote. Cooper Cup. I think this was and the closest one. I think it was? Because guess what? I think it was unanimous. Yeah. It was unanimous. Cooper Probably. Cup. Cooper Cup win, wins the uh, Rookie of the Year for Rams talk this year. There you go. He deserves it. They, I end. wouldn't have minded Johnson getting the vote, though, but Cup deserves it. Well, that brings us to the 2017 LA Rams MVP, according to the Rams Talk Awards. Our nominees, as turned in by our staff, Robert Woods, Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, and Aaron Donald. I'm going to start with Steve. No disrespect to Goff, no disrespect to Woods. I think this was a two-man race here, and what it really came down to me with was this defense has been good. For a while. And Aaron Donald has been the catalyst of it. He was the catalyst again this year. And I understand why anyone would vote for him. He's a monster. He's probably the best player on the team. But that offense running through Todd Gurley this year was something else. They went from being the worst offense in the league to the best offense in the league. Numbers-wise, I think that's accurate. Don't quote me. But it's close. Um, But Gurley in the ground, he was a monster. Back to his performance that he was rookie year, if not better. Definitely better. And what really surprised me about Gurley, and I think surprised everyone, was how useful he became in the passing game, which was not an aspect of his game that was very impressive in his first two years. And adding that element to it, he became a three-down back. You had to respect him in the ground and in the pass, and that really opened up the entire playbook for McVay and Jared Goff. And without Todd Gurley, this is not a playoff team. Without Aaron Donald, they probably aren't either, but... I think if you took away Donald instead of Gurley, they'd be a better team. And that's what it came down for to me, and I voted with Gurley. Well, I could pretty much say ditto. I'll just say that I had uh, Todd Gurley winning the MVP for the league. So it'd be hard for me not to say he won, you know, wins the MVP for the Rams. He, he was the catalyst of our offense. I don't think he plays as well if Goff doesn't play as well as he did. I think – there's a lot of support that comes all the way around in that offensive line, you know, being better and blocking better. There's a lot of reasons why Gurley was better, but when you look at the improvement in the passing game and how he became such an integral part in all of our offense, and then just to see the kind of athlete he is, you know, hurdling guys and showed his burst of speed that he has that no one thought he had. And I mean, I always thought he had it, but he's even faster than what I thought. You know, you take all those things into play. The Rams don't get nearly as far in the season without him, like you said, Steve. And I think he was the most important part of the team. And that's why I thought he deserved the NFL MVP. So that's why I had to choose him as the Rams MVP. Well, I chose him too. I went (laughs) with Gurley. It was close for me to him and Donald. I pretty much make the same argument that you guys make. But in the end, when this offense is as bad as it's been in the last how many years, and then you put the ball through him throughout every game, and when the Rams struggled, it's because who wasn't getting the ball? Gurley. Gurley was not getting the ball in the days the Rams struggled this year, and that's how you know who the real MVP is. And the entire staff agreed, guys. It's a clean sweep all across the board. 100% of the staff votes Gurley as the L.A. Rams MVP in 2017. Okay, to run through all of our award winners one more time, most, uh, here you go, most missed player, Benny Cunningham. Best play, the wood screen play against the Giants on third down. Great play. The Rams' best game, we can chuckle about this some more. Week 15, 42-7 victory over the Seattle Seahawks. Most improved in 2017, most improved player, Jared Goff. Biggest disappointment, Tavon Austin. It's okay, Steve. You'll be all right. The biggest surprise, <laughs> biggest surprise, Robert Woods. Rookie of the year, Cooper Cup. 
And finally, the MVP, Todd Gurley. Guys, any final thoughts before we sign off for the night? Just look forward to giving even more kudos next year at the end of the season. Hopefully the Rams go a little further. So this is fun. I enjoyed it. Look forward to doing it again next year. It's always fun to pat yourselves on the back, everyone. And then I will say one guy that I remember during this podcast that we didn't nominate for most missed, Rodney McLeod, Super Bowl champ. He would have been helpful. Oh, yeah. Would have been helpful. Okay, real quick before we go, guys. Let's not forget, again, iTunes. Go check us out on iTunes. We need a five-star review, please. If you don't listen to iTunes, check us out on Stitcher, SoundCloud, Android, Google Play, iHeartRadio. Am I missing anybody, guys? Am I missing anybody? No. I think I got them all. I got them all? I think all you right. got them all. Okay. We'll be back later this week to have a big debate on Sammy Watkins and the Hall of Fame. Check us out. Looking for Thursday. For Steve Ribeiro and Norm Hightower, this is managing editor Derek C. Apollo saying, take it easy. Adios. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in a make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.